Welcome back fuckers, it's Andy with the One Up Pod, and thank you for joining us for part 2 of our video game adaptations episode. If this is your first time with us, that was a weird choice on your part, so go listen to part 1 right now, and to everyone else, let's get on with the show. Moving on to like good stories, like I'm gonna go to some TV shows, Netflix shows specifically, um, Arcane and Castlevania. I like, yes. I think, are two of the best examples of a video game adaptation. Makes me lean more towards the idea that TV might be the better avenue for for these adaptations because they can spend more time on these characters and these stories, and especially with like, I mean, with Arcane, like, I think that it's my favorite video game adaptation like ever. And yes, Ooh. it's based on a game that I'd like rather gaggle lukewarm dog sick than play. <laughs> oh God! Wow. But the thing is, like, when you read comments on the game from people who actually play League of Legends, they all say, "I'm, I'm really happy you love Arkane. Don't play League of Legends. <laughs> Stay as far away from it as possible. Like, the community's toxic. The game is just frustrating. It's just a time sink." all that stuff and it's like thank you for your service and um, <laughs> i'll happily just watch netflix instead yeah i really enjoyed arcane i thought it was a really fun steampunky cyberpunky effort oh yeah i really liked it and again have not gone near league of legends and i'm fine with that yeah like, like arcane it feels like it's got a bit of a game of frobs prawns vibe to it but like without any of the dodgy politics it's well, maybe it's more like Final Fantasy VII. Like it's kind of like a very simple story about the haves and have-nots, but mm. at the crux of it all, it is just a story about two sisters on opposing sides, and like that's like everything else about the show could have gone wrong, but that, if that story worked, I'd be like invested. But it helps that it's an absolutely stunning-looking show. Like the animation yeah. is absolutely incredible, and if what if beats this for an Emmy, I'm gonna punch a hole in a wall. Just saying that right now. <laughs> and obviously Castlevania is great. Yeah, Castlevania is amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, that, that's the game Trevor. franchise. Yeah, Trevor Belmont is just... He, he might be my favourite video game character based, like in a TV show or movie. Just, like, he's such a grumpy drunk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Yeah, if, and, if you haven't seen Castlevania, like, even if you haven't played the games, watch it. It's so much fun. It's really entertaining. Like and it's got a really interesting like take on Dracula, I thought. Yes. I thought it was really good performance. Like it's really into like the lore and like just all the creepy monsters and shit. Like it's really good world building, lots of like lots of story threads coming up from all over the place. It gets really ambitious from season three onwards. It's like really interesting and cool. And they get some amazing voice cast actors like Yeah. You really like Jason, like- Jason Isaac, yeah, I was just about yeah, to Jason mention Isaac. Jason Isaac. Yeah, Jason Isaac, he was amazing. <laughs> uh, he gets an amazing line about toilet roll. <laughs> um, and Bill Nye as well. Bill Nye yeah. is so great in it. But yeah, it's really hard to please me when it comes to Dracula stories. But yeah, Castlevania is a really interesting take on it and kind of Eastern European folklore. Um, yeah. So a bit a bit like The Witcher, it, it weaves kind of a lot of other stuff in. Yeah. It's so much fun. It has some great one-liners. 
as well, especially between Trevor and Alucard, um, who's played by Gaius Baltar from Battlestar Galactica. James, James Callis. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'd forgotten his name and was like, it's Gaius Baltar. <laughs> that was interesting as well, because he played two characters on the show early on. He played the uh, the bishop, was it, that yes. kills uh, Dracula's wife in the first episode or something? Yes. Right. But he also plays Dracula's son. But like Alucard is the main focus, like the beautifully tragic pretty boy that he is. He is. He's like Sephiroth without the wife killing Chip. Yeah. <laughs> He kills a lot of All right, people. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, don't quite I know mean, how to process that, but it like Castlevania also has like what I described as the sexiest and goriest <laughs> episode of TV I've ever seen. Like <laughs> yeah. at the same time, it was it's it like, was something. It was quite interesting. Yeah, it's it's like Warhorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, my only worry that we've spoken about this now is that you guys are going to start bullying me to watch it again. Yeah. Because there was a long time. But you didn't fucking listen, did you? Well, no, I was going to get around to it, but you did stop eventually, yeah. which I was very grateful for. But I'm just worried that now you've got it on your heads again that it's just going to begin it's all over. It's only for your benefit, Chip. We will get, like, Twitter to do bully you for us, like, when the episode comes out. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. I mean, if we're talking about TV then, because I, for this podcast, I did try and watch the Halo series, but I didn't want to fucking sign up to Paramount Plus because that's just one too many things to have on the go. Because I was going to give that a go. Because it, when the first trailer dropped, I was curious. And then seeing things kind of evolve and that he takes his helmet off. And so I was like, no, I don't, this looks bad. So I'm kind of glad that I didn't get around to seeing that in the end. But I did watch the first episode of the new Resident Evil TV show. And that was interesting. <laughs> uh, again, it's one of those things that's meant to be canon to the series, hmm. but I have no fucking idea how. I mean, plus point, Lance Reddick is in it. So, you know, we know well, I'm we know happy boy. I bet you are happy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he plays Wesker, which is great. I think that's really good casting. But the series centers around Wesker's daughters and it's it flicks between two timelines one where they are teenagers at an umbrella high school and umbrella one Academy. which is 14 <laughs> yep yep well done, well done. yep you got it in there <laughs> i did i was talking to caroline yesterday so i really wish i'd saved that for the podcast <laughs> i'm glad i got a chance to do it again <laughs> yes well done it was it was just as funny this time around it definitely was yes <laughs> no dimension uh, and returns. then <laughs> and <laughs> and then 14 years later um following one of the daughters in the future so it's like pre-zombie apocalypse and post-zombie apocalypse but there's just a lot of high school drama and it's you know you, you said andy when we were chatting about this that yeah resident evil should be dumb and stupid but it's just it didn't wasn't very interesting along with being dumb and stupid yeah like there's a point where the two kids break into Umbrella Corp and the way they do this is they Google how to get past security cameras. Oh, for fuck's sake. And all they do is they shine a light into the one out the front but once they're inside they haven't got masks on, no hats, no disguises, nothing. They're just wandering around like la 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 Umbrella is a big corporation. They won't have cameras inside their super secret you know, layer and they break into their dad's computer and the way they do that is they guess the password, which they get first try. They just type it in and it's the right one. And there's a file on the desktop that is called Tijuana Incident. And they just click it and it's like, 
you know, a zombie outbreak that Umbrella are trying to hide, but Wesker's just got it sitting on his desktop next to the recycling bin. And it's just <laughs> interesting choices like that that just really take you out of it. And, yeah, I watched one episode, and normally if I start something, because it's only eight episodes as well, and I, I would just power through and finish it, but I really don't want to. Yeah, I, I didn't sound Resident appealing. Evil has, like, form with weird prop decisions. Because I watched Welcome to Raccoon City a few weeks ago, and at one point they find this file, and you know, like you get the top secret stamps on files, yeah, and you know mm-hmm. it's that red ink. They've got one that's <laughs> just dangerous, and it's like the length of an A4 page. So, like, how big is that <laughs> fucking stamp? Like, <laughs> and like, obviously, there's like all this horror stuff going on. But I'm sorry, I was fixated on. How, where do you keep the ink pad for that stamp? <laughs> like, how does it work? Like, surely it would be on the desk because you can't put it in a drawer. The thing would be fucking huge. Like, is it two-handed? <laughs> One in the middle? Like, do you have to, like, wiggle it to get a good ink spread? Or... Do it in a bit. Yeah, is it, like, curved? Like, yeah, exactly. Curved like, do you have yeah. to, like, wiggle it? Is it two-handed so you can get pressure on both sides? Like, how do you get oh, such wow. a perfect Three people print? lifting it. That does sound like something, like, Umbrella would do, like... Just the really ornate approach to fucking keys <laughs> in those games. Like, yeah. I feel like they would make a stamp really awkward to use. <laughs> you need to find two separate pieces of this stamp, yeah. and they're both in different parts of the city. <laughs> fucking hell, I just need to stamp a fucking envelope. I just need Come to on. let people know this subject is dangerous, all right? <laughs> could, you could just write that. And now I want to show about someone in the mail room of Umbrella who just has to deal with all this shit every day. It's just like, I'm the dangerous stamp guy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm very busy. Umbrella make a lot of dangerous things. Like, stop, move on. <laughs> also, though, like, I, 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 a file saying, like, when the file says top secret or whatever, that contextually makes sense. I don't. Dangerous feels so weird. Like, yeah. how is the file is dangerous? Like, is it a pop up? Like, you may get a big oh, paper you cut. A really fierce paper cut, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's for people that like don't want to read the whole file. Well, I need to understand what this is. There's a lot of paper here. Oh, dangerous. Okay, dangerous, right, you. great. That's all I needed to know. Thank you. <laughs> I, I did not like that movie. It was a terrible movie. I think it says a lot that my like the bit I remember most is the dangerous. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's a very earnest attempt to do a Resident Evil movie for like one that our fans will recognise, but I mean, they've got some good Easter eggs. They delved into like a deep cut from the Resident Evil remake with the Lisa Trevor story. So it, it shows that they know what they're doing. They know the story, but they don't have the tone. It's no. like, like I said, like, like Chip said, like Resident Evil should be kind of big and dumb and weird. And they take the subject matter really seriously. There's some really dumb, like funny needle drops, but they feel really jarring with the rest of it because they try to be a creepy atmospheric horror and Resident Evil isn't really that it's got it's got an atmosphere and it can make it's more like ghost house ride like it's trying to make you jump and stuff it's it's closer to being camp than it is being serious yeah for my money I think the first Resident Evil film nailed tone yes yeah for Resident Evil like the first Resident Evil film for a long time was one of my go-to DVDs. <laughs> I really liked it. I loved it. Um, yeah. For better or worse. And 
And like, but I think what you're saying there, like, I feel like that really hits the tone, nails yeah. the tone of Resident Evil. Yeah, big like schlocky B movies with like mad scientists and computer fucking AI going crazy and just a lot of yep. mental shit. And like Paul W. S. Anderson really committed to all that with his movies. Like he got Wesker like one hundred percent right in his movie. Like big, like he's like a mustache twirling villain basically. But <laughs> in the new movie, Wesker's like morally conflicted and yeah, he, he's he's struggling and he's like fuck, fuck off. No, Wesker <laughs> is just evil. He's just a, he's just a bad guy. He wears glasses. It's... He wears sunglasses indoors all the time. He is fucking suspicious. It goes back to like the thing that we were talking about at the beginning. Like, just go big on video game adaptations. Like, however you're gonna do that, whether it's being silly or being naff or being sincere, like. Don't half ass it. It's it's when you half ass it that it just doesn't work. Like you need yeah. to commit to this shit. Yeah, th- this movie was made by people trying to appease like fans of the Resident Evil games who were annoyed that Paul Anderson didn't adapt the games properly. He just took the idea of Resident Evil, but he kept the spirit intact, but he did his own thing. Mm. Like he, he was doing a lot of big weird sci fi concepts of his the, the later movies, especially like umbrella building, like entire simulated replica cities underground to run live action simulations of a virus <laughs> not just running it in a computer building just a fucking city <laughs> underground like you built tokyo and london and all that stuff it's just mental and it's extra and that's what these games should be it's just really over the top and stupid and this game tried to pare it down too much to the point where like, well there's probably that thing of like umbrella is evil yeah, they're just Sometimes 100% evil fucked. just has to be diabolically evil. Yeah. And, like, that's good. That's in the spirit of video games very much, isn't it? Especially something like Resident Evil. So I can't yeah. imagine if you try and turn down uh, Wesker, give him morals, a conscience. <laughs> just, like, no. just make a bad guy. I think, like, as much as I love the grey areas and characters and exploring that kind of middle ground, Sometimes you just really want a proper villain and a heroic square jawed type. Like it's and it's okay. They don't and not every character has to operate in the middle, especially like you said, when you've got a you know I mean Umbrella Corporation is designed to be like the ultimate globalist nightmare. Like just have them be that. It's okay. Yeah, it, it's not subtle about what it's trying to say. It, yeah. <laughs> it's it's punching you in the nose over and over again with the actor. The theme, like just, just with a big dangerous it. stamp, yeah, a big dangerous stamp, all over umbrella, the dangerous. <laughs> I'm with Sasha though. I love the first Resident Evil film. I um, I really wanted to do a rewatch of the entire series before we re- we recorded this, but I just ran out of time. But I still want to do that because I have a lot of fan memories, especially of the first one. Yeah, the only one I didn't like was the second one. Other than that, I loved all of them. I don't remember the sequels very well. I have no attachment one... to the game, so but I love the first movie. Sorry. Yeah, the first movie is really good. No, it's alright. I was just saying the second movie just tries to adapt Resident Evil 2, but it starts trying to add too much of its own stuff. It should it gets better when it's just doing its own thing. Like the first Resident Evil movie is just taking the core concepts and then doing its own thing. Yeah. That's why it works so yeah. well. And it's got all has a, got it's the, in a big bunker. Yeah. Shredding poor Colin Salmon with lasers. Yes. <laughs> that that is that feels like a proper Resident Evil trap that you get in the original game. Like something really fucking elaborate and inescapable un- yeah. unreasonably inescapable it's like 
it's just a lot it's of fun. one of the best like oh fuck I'm about to die expressions in film that movie just like <laughs> so well done ah. <laughs> and Mila Jovovich who I kind of have a big crush on <laughs> I mean if, if you're married if you're married to Mila Jovovich you would put her in every film you were in basically yeah, <laughs> yeah he's that very one. committed yeah. to that he is the ultimate <laughs> wife guy and I respect <laughs> it well isn't this one big family reunion Chris and Claire Redfield, you've really become quite an inconvenience for me. I told you I'd be bringing a few friends. You should have brought more. So, yeah, f- let's um, get to Phoenix Wright. Fuck it. Um, Objection. We've, we've, talked, we've talked about enough other Capcom. <laughs> no? Sure. Okay. Sure. No. <laughs> oh, hold it. Um, <laughs> Take that! <laughs> if, if this was a video podcast, you could see my shocked face when I start freaking out. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, was turned into a movie. Oh, yes, it was. And holy shit. Yeah. Chip, Chip you've got, you're, you're like our big uh, resident Phoenix Wright dude because you play it on Twitch all the time. So that's I'll leave, true, I do lead. do that. Yeah. Well, I was um, super excited first to find out that there was a Phoenix Wright movie, uh, thanks to you, Andy, and I think it just came about at the exact right time, because yeah, I'm playing them on Twitch right now, um, absolutely loving the games, and we are doing this episode, so it all was just very perfect, and I don't think I was quite ready for this film, because it's a lot, it is, I mean, the Phoenix Wright games are big, colourful, and mad, and that's exactly what the film is. But it's weird in the sense that it's kind of like the inverse of the game. Because it's like Phoenix Wright if it was made by Christopher Nolan. But still kept the sense of the <laughs> game. Because it's told in such a dark and serious way. With all this fucking mad shit as well. And all the colour is kind of... like It's it's like they shot it in Gotham. Because all the colour <laughs> from the city is drained. And they have things where they have like shots of the characters silhouetted against the sun so it's like a gritty pi drama and then they have things like giant screens coming down in the courtroom and the characters being not just adaptations they are straight up taken from the game and it's just absolutely mad and batshit and i loved it i loved it to absolute pieces because it tries to be this serious crime drama but it still has the confetti that falls down when you win a case <laughs> I, I loved that in the first scene like when he was yes. phoenix won his first case and it was in a really shitty rinky dink court so the confetti is just represented by this tired looking lady with a bag full of confetti <laughs> who just tosses it lethargically over his head it's was, it was just that kind of thing where you think yeah that they actually they get it they, they know what yeah. they're doing and they're yeah. having a bit of fun with it. But they also did kind of start with this weird, like they were in the ghost realm or something like that. What was it? And there was like that Hiroshima imagery going on, like a big <laughs> mushroom cloud and like these bombers flying over and all these ghosts walking well, it's, through. It's the... like the spiritual medium stuff from like yeah. the episode that I'm playing right now. It's it's Because Phoenix Wright is this sort of like, yeah, it's about law and justice and all this sort of stuff, but also there's ghosts and stuff like that. So, <laughs> sure. <laughs> The thing that gets me, and I haven't seen the film yet, I really want to, but like I looked it up and it's Takeshi Miike who directed it, who yeah. also directed 13 Assassins, an audition, and Ichi the Killer. And it's like, but it's Eclectic. Phoenix Wright. <laughs> 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 I can't conflate the two in my head. Like, 
And I really it's, can't it wait is, to watch it. It's like Chip says, like, in a sense it's taking it seriously, but in another sense it knows it's all mad bollocks. It's a very <laughs> interesting balancing act he's taking, the entire thing. And the way they handle the story is quite, it's basically just adapting the first game, like, entirely. Mm-hmm. But it does it like... Uh, the tutorial case and Turnabout Samurai, they're like in the opening scenes, but they've twisted it so Miles Edgeworth is prosecuting the culprit in the S- Silver Samurai killing. Oh! And Phoenix Wright's not involved in that case. That like He's um, doing the tutorial case with the uh, the thinker clock, like proving that it was like running at a different time and stuff like that. And then, then what was the next one? They did... Um, they did turn about sisters, but like they speed run through that with like you know yeah. Mia dying and Maya taking over. They did like a really quick coverage of that because the main focus was uh, turn about goodbyes, the one where Edgeworth is framed for murder. That's the yeah. main focus of the movie. That is one of the best cases in the game. So it is, yeah. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Becky, and they adapt it like oh. almost verbatim. Oh my god! So they do the thing. <laughs> do they do the thing? <laughs> They do the thing. They do the thing. <laughs> with the parrot, yes. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Oh Although God. it's not a parrot in this, unfortunately. It's, um, is it a cockatoo or something? That's it's... even better. That's yeah, it, it's a bird anyway. <laughs> I need it. I'm going to have to watch <laughs> it this weekend. They re- oh my God, they, really... they do the thing. <laughs> they do the thing. <laughs> it was it was shocking. It was really weird. That I was thinking, what was the thing? Like I was waiting for you guys to get to the thing. I was like, I don't know what the thing is. What is the thing? <laughs> Oh, it's the parrot, yeah, of course. <laughs> they, had to, they put a parrot on the stand. It's a witness. A parrot. <laughs> it's and best. I watched it with my housemate, and I was like, oh my God, they're going to do the bit. And he was like, what? I was like, just watch, okay? They're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's made my night. Oh, but yeah. They also like added a lot of like little weird little asides, like they, they show uh, Larry Butts setting up his samurai dog stand at the lake <laughs> yep. for no reason. It's got there's no value to that scene being there. They just wanted to use more Larry Butts. He's a, he's a, he's a lot. He's he's screaming all the time through the movie. Oh yeah, he's a good he's Larry Butts. That guy, the guy playing him, was like spot on. But even the people in the background of the court, so they have like an audience, like you know, like the rabble rabble stuff that's yeah. in the court in the game. They have those, but the, the people are dressed up like it's like a comic book convention for the Hunger Games. If you if you invited a bunch of people that have never seen or read the Hunger Games, they just had an idea of what it was. It's it's that's brilliant. A great way of describing it. <laughs> like I already wanted to see it, but oh my god. Yeah, oh. it's good. It's one of my favourite that I've watched for this, like, easily. Possibly the best. Oh, my God, I, I, I can't wait. I did like the holographic screens, like you mentioned. It, it, that was a fun <laughs> yeah. way of, like, visualising, you know, when, like, evidence will pop up in the game just in the corner of the screen to remind you what evidence is. It, that's how they visualise that. It's a super <laughs> high-tech, which oh, is... so fucking elaborate, isn't it? Like, it's, it's really brilliant. weird, because the first time you see Phoenix, right, he's just he's doing a his court case in, like, what looks like... I don't even know. This looks like the back room of a shoe shop or something. It's really <laughs> natty. And you go, uh, at first, I was worried. I was like, "Oh, are they just are they being really? Are they downplaying everything?" And I went, "No, they're they're not. They're just setting you up for like just absolute bonkers shit happening." Yeah, all all the while trying to be really serious as well, but not to the point where it's stupid and like you're like, "Oh, come on!" It it somehow works. Yeah, it's it's just it's just brilliant. It's absolutely the, brilliant. They get that there's a joke there, but they they think it's funnier to make it 
serious like try to take it seriously at the same time <laughs> i also works, like because that's what the game does as well like the yeah, game there's is a like... lot a lot of earnestness in the games but yeah very melodramatic yes the, 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 most of the cast were like you know painstakingly recreated like very accurately despite the fact that it's trying to be kind of serious about everything apart from the guy who played gumshoe because Apparently, no man on earth looks like Gumshoe. They just, to get a, they just got a regular dude and put a plaster on his face. I mean, he's a bit too sexy to be. Yeah, gumshoe. he's not Gumshoe at <laughs> he's all. He's young. Yeah, he's a, he just he just exudes kind of a competence and a confidence that <laughs> yeah. isn't there with Gumshoe. Gumshoe does not. He is not competent. Gumshoe's just a blundering fuckhole. He's just, <laughs> there's not there's no like value to him being anywhere, but he just shows up anyway and just <laughs> makes things worse. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's a hard character to adapt without like undermining everything else in the story. Because <laughs> he shows up right on time to arrest the bad guy at the end and stuff. And he's like, that doesn't sound like Gumshoe. No, <laughs> yeah, no he, he does his job. You know, he, he'd have stumbled through like a, a room with like toilet paper stuck to his feet and stuff. And, oh, sorry, guys, <laughs> I got lost on the way. It even has the fucking blue badger in it. Yeah, That's the blue badger kind of. <laughs> yeah, I, I popped for that. I was like. It's weird how they shoot the bit scene with the blue badger in. It's it's not another one of those kind of like this is a bit Chris Nolan-y, but it's got a man dressed as a blue badger in it. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that bit. Yeah, it's, it's a man, isn't it? Oh my god! <laughs> it's, 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 I it's need to watch it again. Hectic crowd scene. It's all very dramatic and serious, but there's a man dressed like a badger. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Oh my gosh! What up, pod watch party? <laughs> oh yes, please. Yes. It's it's, it's just. Out of all the movies, I think it's one of my favourites because it's just it takes it's such a fucking tightrope walk to try and get that <laughs> property right, and they somehow managed to do it whilst also doing stuff that I would never have done in a million years if I was adapting <laughs> Phoenix Wright. <laughs> so I, I really disrespected the effort, and I wish they'd have done sequels and just Me adapted too. all the games. A million of them. Yes, I want more. Because I would have oh loved to see how they visualised like the the weird chains and stuff like i could imagine him going hog wild on that stuff oh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> oh, i want that to be a thing maybe we should write to Mike and just be like we're three people who <laughs> love <Please>. your work <laughs> i'll buy another copy of 13 assassins if you do it please. yeah i mean i already own two but i would buy another one <laughs> take that i guess going from something brilliant to something utterly unforgivably shite is just a nice segue. So we're going to talk about Uwe Ball, finally. Uh. All the rumours I've heard about him, the only reason he had a career is because of like a producer's-style tax like loophole. That just makes perfect sense when you see any of his films. Oh, he just treats... Every, he just treats the cinematic form and video games like it, it's done something to him. Like, personal, <laughs> it's a personal slight that they even exist. And he's going to do something. He's going to punish them both at the same time. So I, for the podcast, I rewatched House of the Dead. I'm impressed at your commitment. Yeah, I, the first time I saw it, it, it was it, it became the worst movie I've ever seen, like immediately. <laughs> and he's tried really hard to. To be fair, I think Alone in the Dark might be worse, the one with Christian Slater. And was oh. it Tara Reid? I can't remember. I mean, but that was in just... in the name of the King is like a special level of suck. Like, yeah, that that one bored the shit out of me. Yeah. House of the Dead just like it assaulted me for like an hour and a half. It's it's still it, on the, even on the second viewing, I still think it's the worst film, one of the worst films I've ever seen. 
Uh, I know like Uwe Ball likes to challenge his critics to fist fights, but I'll fucking chance it. You made a <laughs> terrible film. I, I will throw down with you in the street. It's fine. Let's do this. It's like, it's like the, I watched it, and the first five minutes of the movie is just a barrage of freeze frames and zooms on the characters, so the narrator can introduce every character. <laughs> God. And then you'd do the same thing to clarify like very easy-to-grasp plot points, like, they just missed the boat. Like, yeah, I fucking saw that. There's no boat. <laughs> Come on. It's just that five minutes felt like it felt like fucking twenty minutes. Like, I looked at the time and went, no way. Come on, the car. That can't have been it. Because the, the entire movie is like ninety minutes, but I felt like I'd missed my forty-first birthday by the time the credits rolled. <laughs> it's just awfully paced. It's and he, he makes this so like like the one thing that defines a House of the Dead game, like because it's a light gun game. It's a frenetic pace. It should be non-stop action. Just boom, boom, boom. And House of the Dead tries to do the slow burn build. Like, it thinks it's doing Friday the 13th or Jaws. And it actually, in one scene, it tries to do both of those kind of movies in, a, like, a scare scene. And it's just... Oh. It takes 50 minutes to get to an action sequence. Uh, they spend the uh, rest of the time what? building up these characters that we don't care about, occasionally showing one of them naked. In front of Clint Howard, like, why would you do that to any poor actress? I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> awful. Just putting Clint Howard in front of anyone is just a bad thing. They spend the rest of the time like they try to tease out this threat that just doesn't feel remotely threatening. Like it's just these like, men, people, women, just really poorly attempting to be zombies. I don't think any of them had seen zombie movies before. They didn't know what they were doing. They just kind of run around going, we haven't had any direction. Help us. Is it, is it like Dylan Moran in Shaun of the Dead? Yeah, it's just, there's no just commitment. Like, uh. There's just no clue what they're doing. Like, just, it does generally look like some of the extras are in the background kind of running around like looking for someone to give them something to do. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So it, it builds to this action sequence, which is literally just the main cast stood in a line walking forwards in slow motion, shooting at zombies. And then occasionally it'll cut to the shots of each character on their own, like this wish.com version of the Matrix bullet time. It's just <laughs> a camera like moving around the character really slowly, and the, character, the actor has to like act slower at the same time. <laughs> and these bits have no bearing on the scene, because then it cuts back to them all walking normally. And another thing, for scene transitions, like whenever there's an action scene that didn't have enough coverage to edit together something coherently, because I'm assuming Uwe Ball doesn't know what coverage is, mm. he cut to like scenes of arcade footage from the game, just to get someone gets shot, and then it cuts to another scene. It was like his go-to way of not having to edit the movie properly. <laughs> and, oh, that, that, that was like the only action scene in the movie until the last ten minutes, when there was like this really poorly staged sword fight. And like, in- I had a, I had a character say "game over, fucker," even uh. though that wasn't the end of the fight. I was like, Come on now, you, can't, you didn't even get that bit right. For fuck's sake! It's just like, just not a single second of the third act made up for the, all the time it took to get there. So I, I liken it to like taking a weirdly long road trip to a KFC and then just shitting yourself immediately afterwards. This is <laughs> no. Why did I do this to myself? It's just, oh, it's, I've seen quite a few Uber Ball films because I used to drink a lot in my twenties. That's the only reason. <laughs> it's just I, I'm never doing it again. Like even if we do another podcast like this, I'm not watching another one of his films. I probably so, will. That's fair. But, so. Good. So I've seen In the Name of the King, 
which, you know, sometimes you have those nights where you've been watching the TV and something comes on and you end up, you're like, you're so tired that you can't be bothered to get up and you just end up watching something because it's, it's on in front of you. And in the name of the king came on and I did not know at this point it was an Uber Bowl film and it had Jason Statham in it and Claire Fulani and Ray Liotta, the late great. Um, Lily Zobiaski, all these people that I recognised and I was like, oh okay I cannot tell you a single thing about it other than whatever Ray Liotta's doing is way more interesting than literally anything else in the film like I just remember him like snarling and just being like a bit sleazy and it not really working in a fantasy setting because it's Ray Liotta and he was sort of like Harry Hilling about the place Yeah, and I was like I, what? I don't what <laughs> and like there's no and again like the extras like you've got all these great actors in a film and not a single one of them is operating within the same space as the others <laughs> like again like just lots of different actors thinking they're in very different films so so Stath is all like the strong silent action figure and you know he's tortured and he's he's dramatic and then there's Ray Liotta Rayleigh Ottering and <laughs> I, I just I ended up watching the whole thing I don't know why I'll never do it again I guess it's coming useful for this podcast so yeah I just I don't understand how we got that cast yeah I was just about did, to did say they that lie? I know. the producers were like oh this is definitely uh Spielberg yeah sure Rayleigh Otter sure on. Yeah. Sort of weird little German man and they're kind of <laughs> fighting <laughs> I mean, journalists I, when it was really, like absolutely none of them were at the height of their careers when it was made for sure. Yeah. But also, standards people like you yeah. were either conned or you were desperate. I I would just I just started to assume they were blackmailed into doing it. Yeah. All that. <laughs> Some of those yeah. performances felt like they were against they're against their will. <laughs> yeah. Like, Uwe Ball is like Werner Herzog with a rifle offset. Just like better <laughs> fucking do this. <laughs> I'll shoot you. So help me. Well, I've never seen any Uwe Boll films, and I never will. I'm proud Because of his career sounds like vomit, and his films are the little chunks that you find inside it. And I just refuse. Absolutely refuse. And I love the Stath as well. I'll watch anything with the Stath, but not this. Absolutely yeah, he, not. He, he it is like, not... it's a shadow of the Stath. Yeah, he <sighs> doesn't get to do any Stathy stuff. You'd think Jason Statham in a fantasy movie would just be hilarious. Yeah. He could just be Jason Statham, but he'd... In a fantasy movie. He's just, like, the he's just not alone. doing anything. But yeah, he's, he's like full-on dead behind the eyes. Yeah, he, he knew. A, a question then. Why do you think Uwe Boll... Because he's done a lot of video game movies, hasn't he? Yeah. Why? 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 Because uh, God liked to test us. Or he <laughs> wants to punish us. <laughs> it's something. Uh... That the universe is uncaring about what we need or want. It's just going to punish us for existing. Maybe it's availability of um, options. Yeah. yeah, especially probably early in his career. Like, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. I I reckon it's probably quite a last decade thing for studios to start seeing video games and optioning yeah. them in yeah. the same way you you see it happen with books and things like that. Um, so probably do... there's just been a big pool of you know cheap licenses. hardly heard of medium yeah. video games that he's been able to pick from. Yeah, he did. F- he did Far Cry before Far Cry Three really took off and made the series popular. So he kind of jumps in on these like IPs that 
nobody cares about and just says, oh, I'll do it <laughs> under budget and stuff like that. I said, fine, okay, whatever. It's like, no, no quality assurance or anything like that. They're just like, yeah, fine, just get it done under budget, it's fine. And then he just pockets all the other money or something. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> my, I mean, I've, my... seen, I've seen one of his productions, and it was his YouTube video titled Fuck You All when he wasn't able to crowdfund his last film. Oh. <laughs> right before he announced his retirement, that obviously was short-lived. But Yeah. What a fucking baby. I do <laughs> I... remember him um, beating up Devin Farachi, so, you know, he's not all bad. That is true. That did happen. So, yeah, we've got to give him props for that. Yeah, I wonder if his happen. career started as a joke. Of like, they gave him the first film, because they're like, oh, we'll just give it to him, the weird German guy, it'll be great. And then the second film, they thought it would be funny to do again. And then, <laughs> like, it's just kept, like, perpetuating. And now it's like that guy who keeps repeating the same joke over and over again, like, waiting for the next laugh. And it just doesn't happen, because he's terrible. And that that makes it even worse when he did uh, Postal, and he was trying to be funny. Yeah. And it was, it was somehow even worse. Going, oh, let's put Osama bin Laden with uh, George Bush holding hands. That's funny. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> satire. Uh, sure. Yeah, his idea of satire is what if man holds hands with other man? <laughs> and they're doing a bunch of 9 11 jokes and stuff. It's like, yeah, they're yeah. edgy. Yeah. Bellend. Ah, you created it all so you could be immortal. Why? So, uh, but let's uh, move on from all that stuff. Like Some of it was good, some of it was terrible, but let's talk about something a little different. Because I, I know uh, Bash wanted to discuss uh, Kingsglaive Final Fantasy XV. Uh, so this is something of a wildcard discussion. It's more, it's not on movies that are adaptations. It's on movies that are kind of tied into video games. Like, what is their purpose? Do they work? And I I, try, I didn't get to watch Kingsglaive, I'll admit, so I'm going to throw it to Sasha because I know she did watch it. Yes, I watched it intentionally, like, nothing to do with the podcast. I watched it a few months back with my partner, um, right before I was going to start playing Final Fantasy XV, because I've been told that if you play Final Fantasy XV, the, the main concepts of the video game are not explained at any point. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> it's lads, lads, lads. You've no fucking clue what's going on, though. Like... There's a crystal, I think, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'd fucking know. I, just, I mean, I, there's I a crystal just... in every Final Fantasy chip. Come on. True, <laughs> true, true. I, I hedged my bets there. <laughs> yeah. And I've played it. <laughs> we watched it because it was a case of... It's, it's a prequel film. It's like 90 minutes or so that literally explains from where you pick up in the game. You pretty much pick up in the game from like at the end of the film. And it's such a weird idea that Square did. It's also shot, it, like it's animated exactly like a video game. It's really weird. It's like a video game cutscene, but just a really fucking long one. Like a Hideo Kojima one. They got <laughs> actors in. Don't talk to me about Hideo Kojima cutscenes, please. <laughs> <laughs> like they got, they got actors in for it i believe sean bean is the king i think i think so yeah. and Aaron lena Paul's heady is in it just game of thrones like bring me the cast of game of thrones <laughs> yeah basically um it's it's so weird and charming i can't say it was good but it's 
really entertaining. Like, it has some really cool animated fight scenes in it between, like, giant monster kings of old and new monsters. And, like, it's just... It's just such a weird concept. Like, you know, I guess it would be the equivalent of, like, comic book movies having comic book tie-ins and yeah. stuff, maybe? Or, like, the other way around? It's just such... It felt when we first started discussing, you know, the topic of this, and I was like, it's not it's not an adaptation. You can't you literally can't call it that. It's not. It's it's entirely designed to be part of the entire video game experience. Which I also don't know why it's not included, like if you buy the game. Yeah. Like that feels weird. But yeah, I have been told I've not finished the game yet. I'm about a third of the way through it. And in that I've been told it has the exact same vibes of I can't say it's good, but it is entertaining. But I think Final Fantasy has form for this, right? Like, doing movie tie-ins to their games. Yeah, they do like to do that. I, I do respect the balls on them, making people sit for a feature-length movie to understand the story of their 50-fucking-hour-long game. <laughs> <laughs> like, couldn't find room in your massive game for that, you fucking assholes. <laughs> but I, I do kind of respect it a bit. Like, it's, you know, just the stone-faced cheek of it. It's like... Like, he does a really good job of explaining who the Kingsclave actually are. Which, in the third of the game I've played so far, I'm like, yeah, no, I can see how I'm benefiting massively from yeah. having seen the film. <laughs> Versus if you go into it blind, you're like, I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, I did I did not know what was going on. I never, I never got to... I never realised you had to see the film to understand the story. <laughs> I just jumped into that fucking thing. I yeah, like, oh. I thought the game would tell us the story, you yeah. know, like an idiot. <laughs> I was just at a certain point. I was just in that game for the vibes, just <laughs> out the lads. Like, I just, yeah. I just like I, I don't give a shit what the story is. I'm not buying the royal edition just so I can play all the DLC, which will help me understand the story even more. I, I'm just no. I, I'm just gonna ride around in a car and we're gonna cook some, like ramen in the woods. Something like that. <laughs> Fuck it. But yeah, like I said, I don't think it's the first time Square have done that, have they? Um, no. Chip, I think you were going to mention there's the Final Fantasy VII tie-in, is there? Yeah, it's a sequel. It's a straight-up sequel okay. to Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which I lost. I remember hearing um, about it back in the day and absolutely losing my shit <laughs> and being really excited for it. It's possibly the most unnecessary sequel ever made, but I love it still because it's just the gang coming back together it's got it is got a banging soundtrack like i love the soundtrack to final fantasy 7 anyway but this is just special and i'm i'm aware that i'm very biased when it comes to final fantasy 7 but the soundtrack is a bit epic the only thing i maybe dislike about it is they try and make everything cool and you know a big part of final fantasy 7 for me is that everyone is a bit of a nerd at some point and a bit of a goof yeah it's, it's, a, it's a goofy game like, yeah, but this has got that kind of anime coolness and like everyone's got big swords and guns and shooting and fighting and stuff and it's kind of that hyper kind of anime, you know, super cool and everything like that. But it's really focused on Cloud and his kind of guilt on coming to terms with letting Aeris die and everything. Um, but it's good. I think if you... Andy, have you seen it? I've see... I, I think I saw it a long time ago and... Unsurprisingly, I was also drunk at the time. <laughs> I don't remember a lot about it. I just remember being very kind of confused 
by a lot of yeah. the story beats. I was like, why are they doing this? This doesn't feel like a natural continuation. The no, story it's really like weird and a bit really pointless. really try to shoehorn the Final Fantasy VII world into this story they wanted to tell. Yeah. Yeah, they're very desperate play. to get Sephiroth back yeah. in a very convoluted kind of way that doesn't really make sense. And it did take me a few watches to kind of understand. So yeah, at least it's consistent in that way of Square being like, oh, okay, we'll try and explain things, but not really, you know. But why wouldn't you want Sephiroth to come back? <laughs> well, for many reasons, Becky. I understand why you'd want him back, but like, it's just come on. The, the hoops they have to jump through. Yeah, but yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> and he doesn't really come back, but he sort of does. It's like a memory of him. He's in like the essence of the world and polluting it, and has caused the plague and stuff. And he's he's just got, like he's a very sad boy. All right, it's not his fault. <laughs> he's so sad. That he's Let's not the fall world. out, Becky. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he's a cunt. <laughs> oh. Well, he's he's finally said it. <laughs> I don't like him. That's why he was 10 when I ranked the characters. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one day. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. But I don't think if you, especially if you hadn't played Final Fantasy VII, don't, don't watch this. Um, but I'd be interested to hear from people that have played it and what they think of it, because it is a bit unnecessary, but it's good. Yeah, unnecessary is a good description. It's like the opposite of Kingsclave, which is unreasonably necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is also i looked it up it's an hour and 50 minutes fucking hell that's probably why i didn't watch it <laughs> it's it's yeah it's two hours of explaining what what is actually happening oh, that boy. feels like a lot of investment for a game that you might not then like yeah it's all it's all apparently mocap as well um like with sean bean and lena heady aaron paul aaron paul's like the lead character like it's got it's got a proper cast it's bizarre what I would say is just generally, I wonder how much of this in terms of wildcard. It feels like wildcard, I think, in the West. But I think it's yeah. worth considering that this, we're talking about Final Fantasy, also to note into memory of things. We talked a little bit earlier about Ace Attorney. I mean, you're talking about the Ace Attorney film, but there's also the Ace Attorney um, anime. Yeah, I've been watching the Persona 5 anime. And that has an animated movie as well. Like, I do think with Japanese games, and I mean, when I looked, um, when I was looking at a list of video game adaptations generally, uh, the list, if you look at Japanese adaptations and tie-ins, is way bigger. Like, I think it's just really normalised in Japan. Like, they do it a lot, um, especially animated, um, whether that's, you know anime cartoon type animation or it's computer animation um that looks more video gamey or you know real life adaptations i do think it's a lot more popular over there generally so like to us we're like oh this is wild card this is so strange yeah but i don't actually think it is the you know the more i looked into it it's yeah strange for western audiences but yeah but they even did an animal crossing movie and i was like how do you turn that into a movie like, they did it, but I don't know how. It just blows my mind. I'm like, what? You spend all your time just like avoiding Tom Nook or something? <laughs> Committing tax evasion. <laughs> no, so, I will not um, repay my loan. Leave me alone. I'm moving house. I need to. I need to ignore my neighbour for long enough so they'll move out. I didn't do that, honest. So I'm, not, I'm not a complete monster. Okay, I did it. Fine. <laughs> 
was, I felt mean about it, but I had to do it. I just wanted someone in, more interesting. <laughs> I think that's fair. Although, having said that... I'd be I interested in watching that, I think. Yeah. Just because, again, I do think that the Japanese make always the really interesting things with their like adaptation stuff as well. Again, yeah. as someone who's just started recently watching a bit more things. And, like, you don't realise, again, they always get really good fucking casts. Yeah. Like they're the ones that were doing it from the start. Like like I said at the start of the mm. episode, like nineteen eighty six, they did two of them. Like they they started the ball rolling on this whole thing, just turning video games into movies. It's like it's they it's just a part of their culture. It's been like that for a long time. It took us maybe like nearly a decade to start in the West to start doing the same thing. And, and we then it was Super Mario Brothers. And, it was, and we shat the bed <laughs> and then pissed on the ship. And <laughs> threw up everywhere. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, I put that review on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> but I let you die. <sighs> Dilly dally, shilly shally. Isn't it time you did the forgiving? So um, just as like a last little bit of fun. Uh, I don't know if anyone actually prepared anything, but if you didn't, you're just going to have to pull something out of your ass. Tell tell us uh, your dream adaptation. Like, what is what property would it be? Do you have any ideas of who you'd want in it or directing it or anything like that? I have a feeling though this might actually be happening. So, is it Warcraft Two? It's not. Is this what you're excited about? You've you've, you've made it come true. Obviously, I would want Warcraft Two. No, I really want a Horizon Zero Dawn uh, spin-off to look at Zero Dawn itself. Um, so not Ooh. do any of the Aloy timeline, just look solely at the end of the world and how Project Zero Dawn came to be and use things like the the audio diaries. So you pick out a couple of characters from the audio diaries that you meet across. Um, so people involved in the military, people involved in Zero Dawn itself, and just regular people who are dealing with the end of the world and just kind of look at it from all those different perspectives and the different levels of understanding because you know joe blogs on the street who isn't involved in zero dawn won't have any idea what's coming and just exploring that kind of juxtaposition between the kind of the horror of the unknown versus the horror of the known um and all the kind of billionaire scientific hubris experimentation stuff that goes along with it as for casting i haven't got that far Mark Wahlberg no. is Aloy. No. No. <laughs> no. But I was thinking someone like maybe Damien Lewis as like Ted Faro, someone who's got that kind Ooh. of Ooh, that's good. cerebral gravitas, but can also like be batshit insane on the flip of a switch. And yeah, I'd, l- I'd love to see that. I wouldn't want to see any of the futuristic stuff. I'd just want to see the end of the world and explore that on the very human level. Yeah. I've wanted that. Yeah, I'm in. Since I that's my favourite part of Zero Dawn, so that, yeah. that is all in on that, yeah. Who wants to go next? I, c- I can go. Because all I was going to say is I think mine's kind of already happening. I thought about this quite a bit and I couldn't think of much because on the one hand I don't think I have like dream adaptations because to be fair I tend to, like, I-, I do think that it's really hard to adapt like a lot of the video games that I love now would be really hard to adapt and I wouldn't want anyone to try but the upcoming Borderlands I am very excited by because I do I, I think 
there's so much you can do with Borderlands generally and hopefully as long as it's not like a direct the exact same story it's got vibes right <laughs> mm, I really want that to be good for you I like, really uh, badly <laughs> I don't and this is the thing I, I, I just don't want it to be bad yes yeah. like I don't I think like the bar is so low for video game adaptations <laughs> Um, because again, I genuinely think a lot of it is that the majority of games that I like, if I'm seeing a film of it, it's like, the games that I like might be things that I've spent 20, 30, 50 hours on and I don't look and think, oh, I know what I want. It's another, you know, I want this butchering. Yeah, I think there's enough material out there that you could probably do a really good Borderlands story, much like Tales from the Borderlands, to be fair. Bit movie-like, aren't they? The Telltale yeah. games. Yeah, they're like cool little narratives, like not just like it's all set in space and stuff. There's plenty, there's plenty of room for them to pick with uh, if as long as they don't do the exact same that we've already seen. Yeah. So I'm tentatively hyped for that. So I'm I'm going to submit one from uh, my partner Caroline. She she's been telling me she wants like an epic Game of Thrones style adaptation of the Legacy of Cain series. She really likes Ooh. those old vampire things. So I was like, I, I I'd like to see that as well. I did initially. I was thinking, oh, it should be done as an anime, like, and then I thought no, that's too much like Castlevania. It should just be a full lavish live action production and stuff like that. I that think that'd be, be cool. cool. Yes, very cool. And like, I'll just throw my suggestion, and then Chip can follow me. I guess. Uh, my like the one I want to see at the moment is a uh, adaptation of Ori and the Blind Forest, which I've been playing recently, and it's been moving me to tears repeatedly. So I was thinking like. I saw a lot of similarities between that and like Studio Ghibli, like peak era, like the yes. sort of mix between the style and the depth and all the themes of death and uh, grief and things like that, just all in such a weird, whimsical universe. It's just a really perfect combination. So, and I feel like if they ad- adapt it properly, it'd be one of like the best animated movies in a long time. But it's more likely to be adapted by the Minion Studio and they'll cast the rock as Ori and Kevin Hart as the little <laughs> glowing orb of light that follows him around. And Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg will play like the, the big owl. Yeah, fucking, <laughs> fucking awful. No! Oh no! Oh, that's upset me. <laughs> Smell the fart owl acting. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the owl sees all its children die and then just has Mark Wahlberg face. <laughs> Uh, well the only thing I did for this part was is I just had the idea of something that would be really really bad Uh, so I was like yeah we'll just go with that and it would be Gears of War if it was made by Baz Lerner (laughs) no 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 I would 100% watch that I really hate Baz Lerman not as a person as a director that would be the campus I know I want to watch it I want to see that (laughs) especially if they still cast Dave Batista Oh, that's kind of winning me over Oscars uh, showering down on them Just, <laughs> no I don't want it you've talked I don't me want into it, it. I, I, I'm going to contact I wasn't trying to no you've, you've won me over yeah Thank no I'm, God I'm, damn with, it. I'm with you Andy let's get producing this <laughs> I'm going to manifest this into existence if it, if, it, if it helps Chip you didn't get me on board Sorry. good good <laughs> I'm glad I'm very good at that it's bad when you two agree <laughs> you know what we've gone this whole episode without mentioning and i'm shocked genuinely assassin's creed oh i have notes <laughs> oh for fuck's sake 
<laughs> I, I, I kind of assumed Andy was skirting around it and not wanting to bring yeah, it up. I, was, I, was not gonna, I, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I never even watched it. It's Just, bad. Yeah, it's it's very bad. No, and really. I, I think Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Something to do with Assassin's Creed's bad. Fucking hell. Wow. <laughs> Well, I also think you didn't want me to talk about it is because you know I worked on it for a couple of weeks as well. And you didn't want me to uh, hot dog and grandstand about playing with Jeremy Irons' dog on set for a while. I don't know where that hot dog saying came from. Yeah, that's still not what hot dog means. Yeah, no, I will play you a clip of other people saying this because it is a real thing. Hot dogging and grandstanding, you know, like showing off. Hot dogging is something, but it's not what you think. It's illegal, hot (laughs) Let's not get into that again. Assassin's Creed. So, yes, I worked as um, basically a PA for the art department for a couple of weeks. Um, So, yeah, I got to be on the set and see it all. Um, One of my jobs was picking up the art director who found out through seeing my tattoo that I am an Assassin's Creed fan. And he was a lovely guy because he, rather than sitting in the back of the car, he ended up sitting in the front and he was showing me all his, like, concepts and stuff like that and asking my opinion on them, which was really cool for me at the time. And then on set, they found out that I was a fan. They gave me a load of free swag. None of it was particularly that good, to be fair, but I was happy because it was free and Assassin's <laughs> Creed related. But the movie is fucking diabolical. It really is. It's it's meant to be canon, again, with the AC universe, but it's like a rehash of the second game just with the characters' names changed. And it, it tries to do this really super serious take and not just in sort of like respecting the source material but in a sort of no no this is going to be a film this is cinema it has absolutely none of the charm or charisma of the games and there is charm and charisma in those games andy (laughs) the early ones i do like assassin's creed too thank you yes good (laughs) but it's just so po-faced and you can see it desperately wants to be taken seriously as a film and as a franchise and it just fails in every way it's fucking boring it's so boring so boring and just shit just unbelievably shit and it's rare you'll you'll hear me admit that something from assassin's creed is bad but this is the worst of the lot i really despised it and i watched i've seen it twice now when it came out obviously because i was interested because you know i had a connection to it didn't like it watching it again for the pod i liked it less somehow it's really truly awful i'm I'm sorry that you had a bad time with it but you, Thank you. you will never learn. <laughs> that was so begrudging. <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't enjoy the thing that you like. God. <laughs> That's the best I could do, all right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I appreciate the effort you made there. Gritted teeth. <laughs> you're about to enter the Animus. What you're about to see, hear, and feel are the memories of your ancestor who's been dead for 500 years. What do you want from me? your past so that's uh, it for another month but first i'm going to offer my recommendation of the month and i will be honest i forgot to do this before we started recording so <laughs> i'm just going to recommend literally anything we wa- talked about today except <laughs> house of the dead don't, don't watch that don't don't even pirate that don't don't just be kind to yourself okay <laughs> I, I think a Phoenix Wright should be the recommendation. I, for me, that was the best one of the lot, personally. Stop pushing your agenda on this. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it's not Assassin's Creed, so, you know. Well, I think everyone should go and watch Warcraft, so... Yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> I, just I think everyone should watch Arcane, because that's on Netflix, and you've all, you've all got Netflix, so do that. 
No, just anything. I don't give a shit. Sasha? <laughs> you do time. you. I don't. <laughs> anything I recommend will be weeb nonsense. It ain't going to get anyone on board anyway. It might. I mean, <laughs> we might have weebs. I'm sure we've got a few weebs. Uh, yeah, we might. But yeah, no. I No. Follow your heart. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know if you're talking to me specifically. Everyone. Everyone, just follow your heart. <laughs> Unless you're thinking of doing something violent against, like, a bus or something. <laughs> that was scarily specific. Yeah. Oh, I was Did we need to have a chat? Because of Dennis Hopper, I was thinking about speed. Because Dennis Hopper was right. Super Mario Bros. And then I went to speed. Okay. okay. Sure. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm... You can't prove otherwise. <laughs> what I really enjoyed about that was Andy recommended everything and Sasha recommended nothing. Yeah. Like there was a nice kind of bookend there. And there was me and you in the middle, like, don't watch this. It's, it's a very, very specific philo- thing. It's all very philosophical, isn't it? You know, everything or nothing. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, if you like what you heard for some reason, please do give us a subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Or, you know, on YouTube, we've got one of them. Please you know, follow. We might have videos at some point. Uh, also, drop us a rating and or review, uh, particularly on Apple and Spotify, because, you know, help us just vanquish that dreaded algorithm, because we don't understand it, and we hope you help us understand <laughs> it. It's difficult to be popular. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram on one Pod. that's one upp odd. Come and share your favourite or least favourite video game adaptations with us, but don't yell at us about our opinions today. It's very hot and we are very fragile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also, so yes, warm. it's very warm. Again, two pumps on the trot. So this is not right. The world is dying. Uh, uh, we're also on Twitch, but fuck knows when we're ever going to use that. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> follow us. For, uh, just you know, maybe you'll get lucky. We also have a website. That's uh, oneuppod.com. Uh, go and read all of the shit there. I, I was going to say good shit, but I write most of it, so I don't want to be. It is good shit. It is good, good shit. Good shit. Good shit. Yeah, you heard that from three people you can trust. <laughs> and Chip. And Chip. <laughs> so, uh, just throw a chip under the bus one last time. And, and and how can you get in touch with the rest of us? Well, Becky. I am Becky Grace Lee on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Bash. I am Bash at Demon Head online places. Not on the line places. Chip. I am at the Chip Thompson on Twitter and Chip Thompson's thumbs on Twitch, I think. And you can find me at truly underscore defective on Twitter. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. Uh, find us next month when we'll be talking about the iconic 2018 reboot of God of War. Can't wait for that. Oh, I will also be. I'm going to be a father by then, so good God. Boy. I will be tired. <laughs> Everyone get practicing, you boys. Yeah. As it were. Here's a I know we're wrapping up, but here's a fun little game. Real quick. Which way do you think I'm going to swing on this game? Because it's gonna go one of two ways. I'm either really going to not like it or I'm gonna like it a lot. I think I we're don't... gonna hear the word aggressively fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I I feel like no. <laughs> I, really, I feel like I really no. Want to, but I, yeah, we'll see. We will see. We will see. We certainly will see in approximately one month's time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thank you for listening again, and don't forget to get a life and play video games. Bye.
or watch video game movies or like, don't yeah okay oh, yeah. don't forget to get a life and watch video game movies except <laughs> house of the dead there we go perfect um.